ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. The Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome into the Tuesday, August 21st edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Back in studio for this Tuesday edition. Glad to be here. Our producer this evening, Gabriel Sellers. We'll take your phone calls this hour, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Busy day today. Capitol, you've got the visit from the President of the United States. Also, you've got paint the Capitol green. So big time in Charleston. If you're heading up, traffic, I'm sure, is uh, going to be a nightmare. It's probably been a nightmare for a while, so... If you're on your way up right now, driving, listening in, appreciate that. Good luck tonight. That's all I've got to say to you there. So we're going to get into a few things this hour. We're going to talk a little bit later on about the college football playoff because Barry Alvarez has a plan. I don't think this will come to fruition anytime soon, but Barry Alvarez, the Wisconsin Athletic Director has a plan. So we're going to get into that later on. We'll talk about what he thinks needs to be done to make the college football playoff even better. And I I agree with him. I liked his proposal. So we'll talk about that. A couple of things happening with Thundering Herd yesterday. Uh, news, of course, uh, coming in late yesterday, so we couldn't get it on the air. But first of all, Marshall Track and Field have themselves a new assistant coach for throwing events. So they hired Matt Adams, spent 11 years coaching collegiately, including the past three seasons at Central Michigan University. So he's joining from the Mid-American Conference. He said in the release that he's excited to join Coach Small and Marshall Track and Field. He said he's really looking forward to working with the athletes to help develop, strengthen, and build on an already great foundation of throwers they have there, he said. Um, Now, why you hire this guy? Because He's going to be in charge of throwers. He was in charge of throwers with the Chippewas. He had nine NCAA East Preliminary Championship qualifiers in 19 different events over the years. Central Michigan throwers, with his help, broke two school records. Eight freshman records were broken as well. So he's a guy who can get things done. And you're trying to build up that program. The indoor facility definitely helps. Hopefully one day you'll see an outdoor track. That would be, I think, perfect for martial athletics and outdoor. I don't know where you're going to put it right now because you took what you had years ago and you you turned that into the wreck and you've got that fun field where they play soccer, the band practices on. I don't know where you would put the track, but we've got other priorities first, like a baseball park. But tracks would be on the list, I I would hope. So Marshall's working to try to improved track and field. Also, Marshall made a hire yesterday in basketball. Liz Brown was named Director of Basketball Operations for Marshall Women's Hoops. She was at New Haven last season. She also was a four-year standout at the University of Richmond. She played professionally for um, Barmer TV in Germany. She averaged 10 points, 9 rebounds per game. So she's going to come to help the Thundering Herd improve women's basketball. She's got, I think, um, I think what you do, you bring someone who has some international experience now, uh, who has been through it. 
I think that's an interesting hire there. So hopefully we'll have Liz on in the future to talk a little bit about her her philosophy and uh, see where she wants to take the program. So those were a couple of news items that came in late yesterday. We didn't get a chance to talk about them. Of course, I uh, didn't have much time to talk about the AP poll that came out. And West Virginia is doing pretty well in the AP poll. So the poll is here. That means we can start focusing more and more on college football as we are a few days away. We get high school football in the state of West Virginia to get out of the way first to get the kickoff going. So that's going to happen this week. And then we'll turn our attention to college football. I do want to remind you we'll have Huntington High. They're going to be in action. We've got a late game on Friday night, so we'll carry the Huntington Highlanders all season long. And 8.30 is, I think, when we're kicking off. Maybe they're in that bowl in Kentucky, the one they were in last year. So they went back. And I don't think 8.30 is going to happen. It's going to be a late night for high school football for the Huntington Highlanders. So we'll have that for you, and that's coming up on Friday. You can listen to that. Also, you want to listen to Spring Valley, we've got a new home for Spring Valley. Uh, Spring Valley is going to be on a brand-new station for them. They're going to be on 92.7 and 98.5 The Planet. And, of course, Cabell Midland will be back on 97.9 The River, and Chesapeake will be on Cat Sports 93.3. And 1340. I know the Herald Dispatch tab is coming out. That should be in there. At least uh, there should be some mention of that. I'm looking forward to seeing what those guys have put together this year. But there you have it. Four games on Friday. Uh, Huntington High will have the late one. We'll have those games for you on our various stations. And, of course, uh, we'll keep you updated on where you can watch those games as well uh, because we're going to have some of those games uh, throughout the year on our video stream. And you go to our Facebook page every week, and we'll have a new game. We've got the Spring Valley game coming up. That's going to be our first game, and that'll be Friday night. All you have to do is go to our Facebook page, and you can find it right there. Pretty cool, huh? All right, we are going to take our first break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about this proposal that Barry Alvarez has about the college football playoff. Is it going to expand? I don't think so, but Barry's got a plan. So we'll talk about that when we continue. Get your feedback on it and get your phone calls in later on. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The up, Paul Swan has the wheel on the drive. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. So, Barry Alvarez, the athletic director of Wisconsin, who has served on the college football playoff committee, he has an idea. He's talking to CBS Sports. He told CBS Sports he'd like to see the expansion of the college football playoff. He wants to see six teams. Now, I would listen to him because he's been on that committee. He served from 2014 to 16. He's probably someone who's real in tune with how it works and how college athletics works. After all, you don't get to become the athletic director of Wisconsin. You just don't fall into that position. And he told CBS Sports, I would now be open to six. He said two buys for the top two teams, two buys for the top two teams, maybe give one spot to the group of five champions. 
So you've got a six-team bracket. I like this already. Six teams playing for the national championship. How do you make this work? Well, first of all, you take the top two teams, and they don't get to play that first week. And you get to expand this thing, TV, for another week? I mean, how good is that? You get to expand this. Maybe make college football a little bit more meaningful closer to the championship game. Now, I know a lot of people like watching Holiday Bowls. I think there are too many. But I'm okay with adding games to the playoff. Because after all, we're calling it a four-team playoff. Let's add two. So if you took the 2017 season and you put the bracket formula in place to show what it looks like, Clemson and Oklahoma get first-round buys. Then you would have had Georgia take on Central Florida. Because Central Florida was the best of the group of five. So they should have got in. Georgia takes on Central Florida. And then Alabama takes on Ohio State. And would you reseed? Would you reseed this? Would you take the lowest remaining seed and they got to play the uh, highest uh, team? So say Central Florida upsets Georgia, then do you reseed and have, say, UCF take on Clemson? Or does Clemson get locked into, okay, we're going to take the um, – we're going to take the 4-5 game, and then Oklahoma will take the 3-6 game because Oklahoma will be assumed to be playing Georgia if the bracket would hold, and Clemson would be assumed to be playing Alabama if the bracket held. I like this idea. Now, Bill Hancock, the executive director of the college football playoff, He says that the four-team playoff works. No plans to expand the field. No plans. I think you expand the field. Why do you expand the field? First of all, if you're trying to make sure that the best teams get in, somebody's going to get left out from one of the five power conferences. You don't see my air quotes. But the power conferences have... Five members or five slots now. And then you give that at large to the group of five, the best of the group of five. I think that's fair. Why not? Because you ensure that you're getting the best group of five team who's earned that spot. And the coalition of the autonomy five, the power five, whatever you want to call them, they get their slots and nobody gets left out. And if you want to, say that you're playing for the national championship, you should be playing the best teams. And then Central Florida can go in. They've got a shot. Everybody has a shot. So all of a sudden, you can't say that it's not fair because you have now opened the door for a group of five team to have a legitimate shot at playing for a national championship. And if you don't want to play them, then you're scared. As my idea of how this should go down. Either you play them or you're scared. Because if you're scared of playing them, just come out and say it. We don't want to play them. We might lose to them. That might topple the system. You're scared. If you don't want to do something like this, you're adding one week 
of games. And at the same time, you're opening the door for a group of five team. Everybody wins. 304-399-8255 is our local number. Toll free is 877-420-8255. Let's go to the phones. Jack is up first from Milton. Go ahead. You're on the drive. Hey, Paul. How you been all summer? I'm good. How are you? Uh, pretty good. Hey, I want to talk about the polls. Now, you, I don't, you know, it disappoints me. Now, we win 10 games the last year, and we got 18 starters back. And, uh, and unless you're in the AAC or the Mountain West, it seems like you, you don't have much of a shot to get in nothing. Do we have, do we not have any voters in the Conference USA and the AP that cover our teams or any coaches that vote, could vote for us in the, in the league? Because it's having me believe we didn't get one vote. And I've already, I don't understand that. Don't we have any voters uh, that around our area that vote in the conference USA, the coaches and the AP writers? Uh, I don't know who the current voter is in the AP. Uh, I've known we've had somebody in the past for basketball. Um, I don't think that's the problem because I just think Marshall was going to get votes because they're not the best team in conference USA right now. I mean, until until uh, until yeah. otherwise proven. It's FAU. They're the best team. If anybody yeah. should get votes, they're the team that's going to get votes. I mean, Kentucky got one, one vote. Yeah. Well, Paul, what I'm saying is, uh, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but and plus, you, and until we start beating Power Five teams, you're not going to get no respect. I mean, you can't just beat a bunch of group of five teams and get respect. But what shocks me about it, though, we did win ten games, and usually. If you go to the start and you win 10 games the next year, you should be looked upon with a great deal of respect. So, hey, seems way as loaded. But, but by the polls, it looks like that we don't have anybody coming back. That you know We're not going to be as good as we was last year. And, and that kind of surprise, what surprised you about the polls? Uh, I think the preseason poll is important, but I don't think it's ultimately – the determination of a good season at this level. No, I think it's if, not. Because if Marshall goes out – and wins on the road against South Carolina, beats NC State, and then all of a sudden you've got Marshall getting some attention. And I mean, last year Marshall was an eight and five team, right? Yeah, I mean, that's right. yeah, yeah. Marshall's an eight and five team, and so that's okay. That's a good record. That's uh, much better than the previous season. But at the same time, I mean, I don't know if Marshall's done enough yet to warrant a yeah. top 25 slot based on maybe the potential there. Because we still don't know who the starting yeah. quarterback is going to be. That's probably going to be a game day decision right. or that's going to be close to that. And yeah. there's still a lot of questions out there for Marshall. I, I don't think – it doesn't work that way. You know, if, if somebody is on the AP commi- you know, committee, they're voting, they're not just going to necessarily throw a Marshall up there. Uh, you might get that's somebody true. randomly throws a, a team, a home yeah. team up there now and then. But – it's okay. Are these the best top, best teams in the country according to me as a voter? Yeah. Because also right. they got to defend that. Because if somebody votes for Marshall or another team, like okay, you got to defend that. Why do you think that that team is deserving of that? These guys, uh, right. you know, got to make sure that they're doing it right. Because I mean, if you give somebody a vote and they're they're putting ridiculous teams in there that maybe don't deserve consideration, you got to question, yeah. you know, what are their motives? So. I'm just. Yeah, what, was Kentucky, what was Kentucky's record last year? Um, top of my seven head, six or something like that. Yeah, they um they they were bowl eligible, so they won at least six games. 
Yeah, I know. So, well, I, I was just surprised that we didn't get one vote. I mean, I don't expect us to be in the top twenty-five, but I thought we'd get a vote or two. <laughs> but I guess we're—I guess no, it's not. Well, not yet. But like you say, it's not that important right now. But you know, anytime you, you can get in there, people notice you. You know, once you can get in the polls, they, even votes, they notice you. So, I just—I'm you know, just a Marshall fan. That I just—I you know, just like to see him get some respect and. And it's part of the game, but like you say, you gotta be, you gotta be some top five teams, and if you do, you'll get that respect. Yeah, if Marshall, Marshall beats Miami, nobody's gonna really pay attention. Marshall beats Eastern Kentucky, nobody's really gonna pay attention. Now they lose to Mar- uh, Miami or Eastern Kentucky, then uh, people right. will pay attention. But then Marshall has South Carolina. You get a win there, okay? Take notice. You beat NC State, people will take notice, and then you've got Conference USA. And really, if you look at the Conference USA schedule, the signature game would be Florida Atlantic. I'm going to circle that. Yep. That's, yeah, October 20th. That's my signature game on the schedule. Right. Possibly yeah. middle. Possibly mm-hmm. there. Uh, you know, I don't know how well Western's going to really be. So if you look at the the way that the conference uh, predicted the teams to finish, and again, take this for what you will. East Division is Florida Atlantic, then Marshall, then Middle, then FIU, Western Kentucky. So, really, Marshall's considered to be the second-best team in the East Division. And are they considered to be uh, better than North Texas or Louisiana Tech right now? I mean, they might be considered the fourth-best team, but they are considered the team with the best chance to beat Florida Atlantic in the East Division. Yeah, right. Okay, Paul. Well, listen, buddy, it's good talking to you again. Now, football season can't wait to get started. So, yeah, you have. A, I hope you have a good summer, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks, sir. Appreciate it. Okay, bye bye. That's Jack checking in from Milton. I mean, the polls are important, but again, the AP poll, and the coaches poll, they're going to be usurped here in a few weeks because when the college football playoff committee releases their week to week poll. We're going to kick those polls to the curb because they're not going to mean anything at that point to the goal of getting to the national championship, the playoff, the championship game. You've got to be ranked in that poll. So I don't think the committee is going to look at the polls and go, okay, here's what the AP voters think. Yeah, that looks good. We're going to go with that. Or, hey, here's what the coaches think. We're going to go with that. I mean, the ranking's nice. It helps you get the attention that comes with it because you're looking at a system that favors the top 25 when it comes to the exposure. So Marshall, if they get into the top 25, all of a sudden they're going to get a little bit more attention, obviously because they're in the top 25. But they got to get their self there. How do they do that? Well, first of all, you beat Miami. Then you beat Eastern Kentucky. Then you beat South Carolina. Then you beat NC State. And then you win your conference. I'm not saying they have to go undefeated to be ranked, but it's not going to hurt. And if they lose Miami game right off the bat, forget it. That's um, that's going to hurt them for a long time. If they would collapse against Eastern Kentucky for whatever reason, forget it. You win those two games. Then you play South Carolina. You get that game, and all of a sudden, okay, this Marshall team's a little bit better than we thought. Let's keep an eye on them. They beat NC State. Okay, this Marshall team is a lot better than we thought. Let's keep an eye on them. You go out, you beat Western Kentucky on the road, you beat Middle, you get Old Dominion, and then you've got a situation where you're undefeated and, say, Florida Atlantic is undefeated in conferences. Well, you've got a showdown. 
you got a showdown with Florida Atlantic. It's here in Huntington. You circle that game. All of a sudden, CBS Sports Network saying, thank you, we got a good Conference USA game in our package. And Marshall wins that, then it's on Marshall. I mean, Marshall's had a chance. They had a chance years ago. They were in the conversation a few years ago. But losing to Eastern Kentucky didn't help. But still, they had a shot at this thing. And it's all on Marshall. Marshall's got to go through this schedule and prove that they're deserving of a top 25 ranking. How do you do that? Undefeated does not hurt. Being undefeated will help you in that endeavor. But you can't lose to Miami. You can't lose to Eastern Kentucky. You can't lose to the bottom dwellers of Conference USA right now. So you cannot lose to Old Dominion and expect to be considered a top 25 team. You cannot lose to Charlotte and be considered a top 25 team. FIU... I'll throw that out there. They're they're middle of the pack in the East Division. To get by with one loss if it's Florida Atlantic. But we'll see what they look like. After all, they were the odds on favorite to win the East Division. They got of the twenty six votes that were out there, they got twenty two. And of course, this is just the predicted order of finish. It means nothing once the season begins. 304-399-8255 is our local number. Our toll-free number is 877-420-8255. We'll get more into this Barry Alvarez proposal, why it's a good deal. And I think it is a good deal for not only the college football playoff, but for all of college football. Because, again, you're opening the door and you're allowing an opportunity to happen. Yes, you probably have to give a little bit more money, but you might be making more money as well because you're getting an additional week of this thing. Got to pay more for that, right? You're not going to get the you're not going to get the four game price. You're going to get the six game price now. We'll talk about that when we continue here on the drive. ESPN ninety four point one FM and AM nine thirty. Listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're talking about Barry Alvarez's suggestion. 16 bracket, are you down with it? Is this the way to go? Or why isn't this the way to go? Because Bill Hancock, he's the executive director college football playoff he says you know the 14 playoff works we're not going to expand the field we're not planning on doing that why would they right they have to split the money a little bit more that's the thing i think it's a money issue and it's set up to make sure that the ones who are making the money are the ones that continue to make the money and that of course is the power five the power schools i think if you expand this thing you get a little bit more interest because who doesn't like a Cinderella? Who doesn't like a Cinderella? Because, honestly, NCAA basketball tournament is built on Cinderella. Now, Cinderella might not get past 16, and if Cinderella does, it's a story. But you get a team that is Cinderella, all of a sudden you get more people interested. Oh, hey, Central Florida. 
Why not? Why not root for Central Florida? That could be the team that gets a lot of people interested. Or, hey, this Marshall team, Marshall's in the college football playoff. They're the best group of five team. They've got a shot. They've got a shot at playing for the national championship. And, of course, to be the best group of five team, you've got to win your conference championship. I think that should be the, that should be always the qualifier. If it was simple, you would take the conference champion from all five conferences, then you take the group of five best team, who's the highest rated, who's the best team, put them in, there you go, let's go. Always should be the conference champion. Conference championships should mean something. If you can't win your conference championship, you should not be playing for a national championship in football. The way the system's set up. Now, if you want to expand the field further and actually have a legitimate playoff where everybody plays, fair, let's go. Then you can have your runner-up. You can have that team that got beat in the conference championship game. You can have that because you have more teams now. You have more room for that, and that's completely understandable because not necessarily is the conference champion of a particular league going to win the NCAA tournament, but again... It's built for multiple teams. So you're ensuring that you are going to get a champion who's probably having a good run. Not necessarily the best team's going to win the tournament, but the best team at the moment's going to win the tournament. And you have many slots. You have enough of a slot there that allows for that. College football, you're going to have to basically just put it down to, all right, who won your championship? Ohio State's a Big Ten champion, okay? Ohio State's in slot here. Alabama, SEC champion, okay, Alabama slotted here. And you go down the list. That's how you do it. Makes perfect sense. And I think you have to, again, make sure that the regular season means something. And by putting conference champions in, that means the regular season meant something. You validate the regular season. At the same time, you allow for everyone to have a shot. If you are Marshall, if you are Boise State, if you are an American conference team, you're Cincinnati, you're UCF, you're Memphis, you get a shot. We'll turn our attention to racing. Uh, Jason Toy, MRN Radio, is going to join us when we come back. This is The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Right, I don't know if this is going to be a regular thing. I've only been trying for years to get him in here on a regular basis, but he's so busy covering NASCAR for MRN <laughs> Radio. Jason Toys with us. Going to Canada? You're, yeah. When are you, when are you traveling to, uh, I don't know, Europe? <laughs> yeah. I would love to. There's a NASCAR European series. I would, I would love to go cover that. That'd be awesome. They make it over there. They do NASCAR there a little bit different on the uh, European tour. Uh, they actually do it as a um, festival weekends. So, like, they'll go to Spain or somewhere else like that, and it will do like a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it's a festival all week. And they'll do a lot four races throughout that weekend. And it's just like there's carnival rides. It's 
I mean, you name it. It's like a big state fair everywhere you go with NASCAR over there. So, And they actually have great crowds, great racing, great turnout. So, so I like Na- to see it here. Is NASCAR doing better overseas and internationally <laughs> than it is in the United States? I think racing in general is doing better uh, internationally. Uh, NASCAR has been a part of that as well, I think, with the, with the growth of that. Um, it has a, a really good following uh, overseas, also in, uh, within Canada, where we're going this weekend, which is great. Uh, they are passionate about it. I think, they're, I think, honestly, they're a little more passionate about it than sometimes I think than the, the Americans can be. Uh, but the, the other side of that we're seeing with racing within the U.S., is yet TV ratings have been down a little bit on it. Uh, honest, uh, I'll be perfectly honest with you. This I'm, I'm happy about this. Radio ratings have stayed steady or have climbed, which is awesome uh, because people are busy. They're on the go and doing things so they can keep up with it that way. Um, but it's what's benefiting now uh, racing wise within the U.S. has been the local short tracks. The, the attendance the, has been uh, through the roof on a lot of these tracks. Uh, not only just you know around our immediate area, but across the country. Uh, you're seeing huge turnouts for car counts and everything else as well. So it's been uh, that's been a great thing to see the grassroots level of racing that's continued to, uh, uh, to continue to flourish here in the last couple of years. Does MRN Radio cover any of the short track action? Yeah, like actually, that? Um, we are covering uh, through our web shows that we do. We have a, a series of web shows that we do called uh, you know like uh, NASCAR Coast to Coast. Uh, Straight line, that's drag racing, but we do a thing called Wing Nation on sprint cars, which is a really popular show that we do with MRN. That is not only a, uh, a streaming show because we do a lot of video production now, but also it's on MAV TV every Saturday uh, morning as well. So th- there's a growth with that. Um, we're starting to see a lot of growth with, um, you know, with uh, not only just the wing sprint cars, but also USAC racing, uh, which seems to be kind of growing back as well, which is great because that's kind of a grassroots deal. Uh, MRN will actually broadcast a grassroots deal that happens at Martinsville uh, here next month. It is the the Valley Bank, I think it's the Valley Bank, that's right, 300. It's a huge late model race that they run at Martinsville, and they got, you know, 150 cars that come out to try to qualify for this race, and uh, it's one of some of the best uh, short track pavement racers in the country try to run for a a win at Martinsville, which is pretty special. So, yeah, we do cover that uh, here in the next couple of weeks. I like the short track. If mm-hmm. I'm going to watch a race, I think the short tracks are more interesting. Mm-hmm. I like, love them too. Because yeah. the super speedways, I mean, it can be monotonous if you get a groove of cars. Mm-hmm. It and, can be. It can be. And I think that uh, I saw a headline of an article today, as a matter of fact, that NASCAR and the 2020 scheduling are looking ahead at doing a lot more short track racing uh, because they're seeing, uh, you know, they didn't have great numbers in the attendance at Bristol uh, over the weekend, which is surprising. But again, the weather was really bad leading up to the race. So a lot of people were skeptical. I know people here locally that I know that were going to go to Bristol, looked at the radar, and uh, like, uh, I'm not going to go all the way there and have to turn around and come back. Well, sure enough, an hour before race time, it was pouring in Bristol. They got the track dry. They raced. They got it all done. And as soon as, soon, sure enough, victory lane started raining again. Uh, but they're seeing the racing and the TV ratings are better. Uh, a lot on the short tracks. The excitement is there. I think that's what and drivers are saying that. Uh, fans are saying that. And NASCAR is starting to listen to fans and the fact that, you know, they love to see the short tracks uh, 
racing because it's a lot more beating and banging. There's a lot more drama, a lot more tempers. There's a lot more other things that come along with it and that uh, make it for great racing too. So, and it kind of gets back to what you know makes NASCAR you know, the grassroots of what NASCAR is, and that's been short track racing. See, that's why I think of NASCAR. I think of, you know, wheels rubbing. Oh, yeah, beating um, and banging. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, tempers flaring, people getting spun out. We saw that at Bristol this past week. That was great. You saw uh, drivers that are normally that work together taking each other out. I mean, so you saw Kyle Busch get confronted by a fan on the way out. I mean, so this, it, it sparks the passion, I think, there when you have uh, when you get back to short track racing. Jason Toy's joining us. He does uh, great work for MRN Radio. So you're going to Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a busy week. We got uh, Friday night. We'll do our high school football coverage. You know, part of our, our kindred family. Uh, we'll be doing uh, Cabell Midland against uh, St. Albans on our sister station, uh, 97.9 The River. So I'll do that on Friday night. And then 5 a.m. on Saturday morning, I'm on a flight out of Charleston headed to Canada. So, uh, <laughs> so it, it's, it's, a, it's a labor and a passion of love when you get to that point. And you keep telling yourself at 5 a.m., what am I doing getting up at 3.30 in the morning? Going to the airport. That's why. I'm going to Canada to go racing. Uh, but, no, it, like I said, the, the fans in Canada are so passionate. You know, we know how they are about hockey. We know how how uh, I will say violently. I'll say how passionate they are uh, to the extremes when it comes to hockey. Uh, racing in Canada has such a huge following, and when you go to the racetrack, it is you could see that come out in the fans, and that's what's great. You know, this is the Truck Series that's going, but for them, this is the Canadian Daytona Five Hundred. You know, so they all come out. They're not seeing the huge names that come out. You know, like the Dale Earnhardt Juniors, Martin Truexes, those type deals, but they're seeing. The future of NASCAR. And you go back a couple of years ago, the first winner of this race was Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott's in the chase. He's one of the top drivers now in NASCAR. And you got a lot of drivers that have worked their way in. So this it makes for great racing on the road course for the trucks. It would be a packed house. People were camping out for the whole weekend, which is great. Um, they run other series while we're there as well. So, again, like the European standpoint where they make it into a festival, that's what they do with this weekend. So they have a whole bunch of different series it runs over the three the two-day period. And uh, they're passionate about the fact that they have a really, really good time in the infield, I can tell you that. But, you know, it's other racing going on, too, this weekend. That you got the – on Saturday, it is uh, the Xfinity Series at Road America. It is the longest course that NASCAR runs on. It's over four miles in length. Uh, around it's our biggest broadcast that we do with MRN Radio. We pull out voices that you haven't heard in a long time to do this broadcast, um, and we will uh, we'll have that broadcast on Saturday on on Big Buck 101.5. And the great thing about this time is you got drivers that are trying to run in for the for the uh, playoffs. They need a win to get in or any points to get in. Plus, you got the return of Bill Elliott, uh, the Hall of Famer. Kind of the first time that a Hall of Fame driver will have a rookie stripe on his car because he has never been to this track, so he gets the rookie stripe on his car. So that's going to be kind of cool. He's going to be racing in this race uh, on Saturday. Justin Toys joining us, uh, MRN Radio. So what what do you think needs to happen with the American tracks and maybe make them feel more like events again, like mm-hmm. they seem to feel with I, this know, Canadian see, race and the international races? Well, you see, you know, you go back to, and I won't say it's all road racing because that's not what uh, American short track racing or American racing has been built on. A lot of it's been built on ovals, been on, built on small tracks, uh, you know, tracks, uh, bigger tracks like Indy uh, and other places like Daytona and other uh, you know facilities like that. I just think that y- you can capture the atmosphere like you have at a road race, like we had a couple weekends ago at Watkins Glen. I mean, it was sold out. I mean, there was camping that uh, had been sold out for a year, those camping spots. And that, that's the type of passion that you want to be able to get uh, for NASCAR and to get back into um, – 
you know, get back to that level again of what they used to have. Now it's going to take some time because fans feel like they've been kind of left out in the cold for a little bit. So it's going to take time to get their trust back, to get them back into the seats. Now the other battle you're also having, the same sport, uh, problem that they're having in sports and football and basketball and hockey and other places as well, is millennials uh, are just not into sports. I mean, that's plain and simple. So you got to try to figure out a way to target into the younger the, uh, demographic. Uh, NASCAR, hats off to them. They have great programs, and they are doing that in, in, in kid programs. Uh, they want you to bring families to come to the racetrack, so every Xfinity and truck race – uh, with the parents that come in, kids get in free, 12 and under. I mean, so you don't have to worry about buying a kid's ticket. So, um, they have, like I said, they have the, uh, the NASCAR Next program, which are young drivers that are coming up through the rankings. Um, you have uh, diversity programs with NASCAR and younger female drivers as well. And you're going to be hearing names like Haley Deegan is going to be a name that you're going to be hearing a lot of in the future. She's running through the K&N series now. She is you know, her dad's Brian Deegan, the extreme sports guy that's uh, uh, runs uh, rally cross and skateboarding and everything else. And she has zero fear behind the wheel of a race car, and she is going to be a big star in this sports future. Jason Toy, MRN Radio. Of course, you can listen to all the action on Big Buck 101.5 and uh, Cabell Midland football coming up on Friday night. On the river. We'll get you back in here maybe on Friday, depending yeah. on what your schedule looks call like. We'll, at, we'll, we'll be at the race uh, the racetrack. We'll be at the field. <laughs> we'll call you on Friday get a preview. For our producer, Gabriel Sellers, I'm Paul Swan. This has been The Drive here at ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Station.